So we just, we just concluded a uh, 21 days of fasting and prayer that we entitled Stretch. Um, it was a great time, great time of, of uh, community. We, we woke up um, every morning during those 21 days, a group of about 30 plus, um, at 5.30 a.m. to pray together, um, to connect, to encourage one another, and it was simply amazing. We're going to do it again next year, um, and I believe we already have a theme for next year. I won't share that quite yet, but we heard amazing testimonies, um, testimonies of healing, um, testimonies. Thanks, Lance. Let's give it up for Lance, everyone. Such a servant's heart. Testimonies of uh, supernatural healing, uh, job promotions, uh, new jobs. How many know that you may want to get a new job? Not always a promotion. You may want to just switch jobs. Um, we, we, we even had a testimony of one of our leaders here at the church. Uh, he was at work, and um, a lady came to him. She was in a lot of pain, and she had nowhere else to go. So she said, hey, could you pray for me? And he prayed for her, and that pain went instantly away. Uh, the gift of healing is real. It's in Scripture. It is real. It's something you ought to pray for if you're a believer. Um, it means you're filled with the Holy Spirit. It means that there are spiritual gifts on the inside of you that you can pray for, and God wants to utilize. Um, we've had uh, just many different things happen. It, it was an amazing time. And in essence, we were putting God first at the top of the year to give him space for the rest of the year. Yeah. And not just the rest of the year, but for our lives. Um, I, I know, looking at my fasting prayer journal, since God is still answering prayers um, that I prayed way back in 2012, um, he, he still moves. So if he doesn't move in this year, he's still moving on your behalf. Amen. So I have a, a short um, message today. Welcome to Highlight Church. Let's give it up for our first-time guests. Yeah. Yes. Thank you so much. Yeah, short message today, if I can behave, um, because we're going to have some, a little bit of extended prayer at the end. So get your hearts prepared for that. Um, we'll probably pray for, you know, I won't tell you the amount of minutes, but we're going to pray. We're going to have the worship team come back up. Um, I just feel as though we ought to pray. We ought to pray hard. We ought to pray strong. We ought to just leave it all at Jesus' feet as we end a fast. Um, and so if you missed uh, our series on fasting, I'd encourage you to check out our podcast. Um, it, it, a great series. Um, this is the finale of it today called Stretch. Uh, part one was heavy teaching about what fasting is. So if you really want to know what, what fasting is all about, biblical fasting, Christ-centered fasting, message number one was heavily revolved around that teaching. Today, our message is entitled From Beyond to Beneath. From beyond to beneath. I want you all to join me. Matthew 6, verse 33. I know the Wi-Fi is kind of tough in here, uh, but we, we got you on the screen. Or if you have a real Bible, if you're old school like me. All right. I got a big Bible. Who has a big Bible? Abu, the man. Big Bible. Matthew 6.33 says here, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. 
Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. That is, that's an amazing promise, man. Everything I need, every, everything I need. So to give you some context, Jesus was talking about uh, money and possessions. Just context, because you could be criticized. Right now in this moment, I could be criticized as a source texter, meaning that, you know, there are preachers out there who will take one verse, and you got to watch out for these kinds of preachers. They'll take one verse, and they'll just start preaching about anything. And it's like, dude, that's not what that verse is about. You know, like, God's going to do amazing things for your life. La, 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 la. Not even understanding that the people in that time were dealing with hard, tough, stressful times. And God was giving this them to encourage them not to say, hey, God is going to make you a millionaire. God's going to judge you or anything like that. You always need context whenever you just use one verse. So Jesus is talking about money and possessions here. And he's telling his followers, his disciples, to not worry. Don't worry. Don't be overly concerned about things that you really don't have much control over. You may have a job today, a terminal illness hits, you're gone. That paycheck is potentially gone. You can be doing all the right things in your marriage. Your spouse chooses to chuck the deuces. There's nothing you can do to control that individual's. Your boss could be tough. There's nothing you could do to control your boss. The only thing you can do is center your heart and your mind on the goodness of God and his love for your life. And it's only then will he begin to take care of everything in your life. And so he talks about money. Uh, He he says, don't be concerned about the food that you're going to eat, the clothes you're going to wear. Uh, he says, doesn't the, the, the birds, they just fly. They just, they do what they're created to do. And don't they eat every day? He said, even Solomon, Solomon, the richest man in the Bible, David's son, multi-billionaire in his day. He said, even Solomon in all of his splendor is not as glorious as the lilies of the field. Not as glorious. The gold, the silver, the diamonds, the cars, the status, the salary, the promotion, all that. Even Solomon in all of his glory isn't as glorious as the lilies. What he's saying is that God is taking care of these things simply because they're doing what they were created to do. And as a human being, you were created for your creator. And it's only when you put him first will he begin to take care of everything. So during the 21-day fast, we stretched. Some of you had fasted. You, you had done something that you've never done before. Whether you did 21 days or not, it doesn't matter. It's the fact that you stretched in your heart and you were faithful to God with the days that you did fast. Maybe you fasted a day. Maybe you did two days, three, seven, ten. Maybe you did all 21, but you stretched. You went beyond. You went beyond your comfort zone so that you could press into God according to your faith. So we're calling this message above and beyond. You went beyond your comfort. You went beyond your convenience. And because of that, heaven wants to deliver something beneath. You went beyond. He wants to deliver some things beneath. This is going to be a short message of encouragement. So Jesus says, seek above all else, live right, and receive everything 
you need. You stretched and you drew near to God. For those of you who didn't fast, you can receive this as well. Because in Christ, the Bible declares that you have all things. So I don't want to separate my audience, my congregation tonight. In Christ, you have all things. You have access to these things. So the first thing I want to talk about, I'm sorry I said tonight, I'm in this morning. It's dark in here. We're highlight church. That doesn't make sense, right? <laughs> cool. Figure out lighting y'all up. We were deep there for a little minute. All right. So this morning. All right. So first point today is power. God is going to release power into your life this year because you stretched beyond. He's going to release power. I used to work out a lot. Not anymore. And uh, oftentimes when you go to the gym, you want to max out, especially if you're doing the upper body workouts, chest and arms and all that good stuff. Uh, it was mostly back in high school and in college. Uh, I used to put that thing up on that rack, get on it. And, uh, nah, 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 and, nah, you know, you needed a spotter. You needed someone that was going to be there to lift that thing up for you. You got to get that thing up. Bobby understands this. Abu, do you work out? You kind of sort of, yeah, Abu understands this. We have some big guys in this church. Don't mess with me now. I got security. <laughs> you needed a spotter simply because you couldn't do it all by yourself. You, you needed a spotter. And so in Acts 1, verse 6 through 8, it says this. It says, when the, so when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? When Jesus was on the scene, Israel was an oppressed nation. They were under the rule of the Roman Empire. And so the disciples, after Jesus has done all this amazing stuff in their midst, they're still concerned about natural things. Are you going to restore us? Are you going to put us back on top? I love Jesus' answer because he, he, he was that kind of leader. He replied, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times. They are not for you to know. I want to help you out real quick. This is totally aside from fasting and, and the message. I want to help you out. Within any organization, there is a filter of information that you are supposed to know at a given time and a given point. And there's a reason for that. Because if, if, if God has you on a path of increase, you have to first learn at a certain level before he actually elevates you. Okay, so if you don't know a lot of things out front, it's because it's just not time for you to know. Matter of fact, I think what Jesus is saying to the disciples here is what you ought to focus on is what I'm calling you to currently, what I'm doing presently in your life. If you would work your sphere of influence, if you would work your window right now, then what you want to know will be revealed to you in a certain time. But serve me where you are right now, and the door of opportunity will open eventually. And so he's saying, look, Rome is going to be Rome. Augustus Caesar is the man right now. Rome is all over the world. Israel is just like this. But you have to understand, I'm calling you to build the kingdom of God, something that Rome has no control over. Okay? And so he says, that's not time for you to know. Let's pull that verse back up. And he says here, but you will receive power. Someone say power. That's good. Usually the first time, power. <laughs> you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, 
and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. This word here is dunamai. It means that Jesus, when he resurrects, he's going to go to heaven. He promised them in John 16, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. When you become a believer, the Holy Spirit comes into your heart. You may, you, you, some people have an emotional experience. Some just say, Lord, I, I, forgive me for my sins. I give you my life. And the Holy Spirit comes. He doesn't come for everyone in the same way. Some people have very emotional, very powerful, very tangible experiences. Others give their hearts to Jesus. They get in their car and they go home and they eat and they chill out. But because you gave your heart to Christ, the Holy Spirit has come. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. For you and I, he's really the most important person as it concerns life on this earth. Jesus said that he will guide you in all truth. That's number one. The Holy Spirit will guide you according to the word of God. He will convict you of sin. Anytime you feel as though you're not supposed to be doing something, if you're a Christian, that's not your conscience. That's the Lord. That's Jesus communicating to the Holy Spirit. Don't go in that direction. Don't feel that way. Don't allow that bitterness to set in. Don't allow that anger to set in. Don't allow that thing to build up. Why? Because it's going to stymie and paralyze your progress and your growth. Jesus is trying to free you from something. Don't go that way. Said he's going to point you to the word. The Holy Spirit will not give you counsel outside of the word of God. A lot of times we want the incredible to happen. We want the impossible to happen. God is saying, if you would follow my instruction, I'll work the incredible out. I'll work the impossible out through your life. I've given you instruction. The Holy Spirit will lead you to be pure. Purity is the route you want to go. You can also practice purity in marriage. The Holy Spirit will lead you to repent. You got to forgive that, that spouse. You got to forgive that father. You have to forgive that mother. You got to forgive that friend. I'm trying to set you free because when you don't forgive people, they're chains that bind you up. That's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will tell you to submit to leadership because of where he's taking you. Everyone has a process. And if you're going to go to the top, you got to submit to leadership. That's the Holy Spirit. You can't get put over unless you get under. That's what's wrong with the millennial generation right now. You got to submit. You got to honor. You got to serve. The Holy Spirit will do that. He'll guide you in that direction. Dunamai. Dunamai means supernatural enabling. Why? Because this year, this year, you're going to step into some things that you just can't handle. And you're probably already there emotionally, physically, mentally. You can't handle it. And you're going to try to press through. A marriage that started out an infatuation will eventually become a marriage of frustration. You can't argue through that. You can't fight through that. You have to serve your spouse through that. And the only way you can do that is to submit yourself to the Holy Spirit. You're going to need power. You're going to need power, and God is going to bring you that power. Our own strength is insufficient. As long as you walk and obey, the power of God is going to be available for you. If you bring the mechanics, he's going to bring the muscle. If you bring the mechanics, if you bring your attention to this book this year, if you learn at least the red letters in this book this year, he's going to bring the muscle. And he's not going to do it by force. He's going to do it through perspective. He's going to shift your perspective. He's going to give you 
eyes of light when you're in dark seasons. He's going to allow you to see obstacles as opportunities. He's going to allow you to see closed doors, and then he's going to be able to guide you to see an open door. He's going to be able to see where you can actually serve that problem within the context of that relationship. He's going to give you a power of perspective this year because that's what you need. You don't need a miracle. The miracle is the perspective that the Holy Spirit wants to give you in your situation. He's going to give you that power. He's going to give you power to focus. We all need to focus this year in 2017. Our students out there, you need to focus because you're not going to be in high school and college much longer. You're going to want to finish it out your best. You're going to want to knock out that 4.0. You're going to want to get that GPA up before you end up at McDonald's. (laughs) You're going to want to focus. He's going to give you the power to press through. Last year, you weren't able to overcome that. He's going to give you the power to overcome it this year. He's going to give you the power to lead. Some of you are going to be placed in positions of leadership this year. The first thing that's going to hit you is insecurity. I'm unqualified. I'm not good enough. I, I accepted this thing, but oh my God, I'm, I'm under attack like never before in my life. And I'm called to lead three people, four people, 50 people, a company. Oh my goodness, what do I do? He's going to attack your self-esteem this year. The devil's going to continue to call you ugly, to call you big, to call you short, to call you light, to call you dark, to call you skinny. He's going to attack it. You know what you're going to need? You're going to need power. Come on. I'm I'm about to faint up here again. I need y'all to hold me up. He's going to give you the power because the disciples were about to enter into a world that was going to be treacherous. And so he said, as you share this good news, I'm going to fill you with the power. As a matter of fact, James was the first one to die. He was speared through the stomach because he went somewhere to India to share about Jesus Christ, and he was speared. He needed power to enter into a foreign land to preach about Jesus Christ, someone that they had never heard of, and, and a priest of, 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 a, uh, of a false religion killed him. And this, this is what Jesus was trying to tell the disciples He told Peter, there's going to be a time in your life where you're too old to determine where you want to go. They're going to take you to where you don't want to go. And they did. Historically, Peter was hung on a cross upside down because he deemed himself unworthy to be hung on the cross like his Lord. What did Peter need, though? Peter needed power. You're going to need power. Chris, you're going to need power. If you believe in this thing like I believe in this thing, if we're going to reach the world, if we're going to reach thousands and hundreds in this area, you're going to need power. I know your team is only three people right now, but you're going to need power. You're going to be leading hundreds of people one day. Come on. Come on. He's going to give you provision. Number two, provision. I remember... uh, First day of school, every day, first day of school in elementary. I don't know, if, however you pronounce it. I'm from the South, so I say tree, elementary tree. Yeah. So, um, yeah, wow, good time. Um, mom from, I'll say kindergarten to fourth grade, my mom would prepare everything first day of school. Clothes, have my lunch, have my shoes, my outfit, had a fresh haircut. Uh, I was good to go, good to go. Good to go. She, she prepared everything I needed, at least for that first day, sometimes even the first couple weeks. And, and, and so you could just focus on the work and focus on making friends and 
obeying your teachers and, and just being a great student. But very simple analogies today. Come back next week. We've got a new series. I'm going to be in full preaching mode. But I just want to give you some analogies, and we've got to get straight to our verse. So we're going to go straight to the verse. This reminds me, this analogy reminds me of 2 Peter 1.3. 2 Peter 1.3 says this. By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. You have everything you need to follow God, to fulfill your calling. We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who has called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. The reason why God has given you power and provided everything you need is because there's a glory of God that is supposed to come forth from your life. There's an excellence of God that is supposed to come from you, project from you. And so the Bible says that he's given you everything you need. I think this year in 2017, God is going to give you everything you need. Connections, connections, relationships. Some of us have become so myopic, inward focused, selfish. We need relationships that are going to challenge us, encourage us, build us up. We have to get out of this world. We have to get, we, we talked about this last week. There, there are three types, I got enough time. There are three types of people you want to watch out for in this life. Number one, three, and then we'll go number two. Number one, first type of person, the empower, the encourager person, the person that empowers you. Yeah. You like them. They're on their grind. Back in the South a couple years ago, I used to call it their thug thizzle. <laughs> you know, this thug thizzle. I like this guy. Man, I, I like the way he dresses. He's He's an A-plus student. He's a stand-up guy. He's a married guy. He's a father. He's a husband. He's faithful. He loves the Lord. Man, he encourages me. He challenges me. He doesn't allow me to take the easy route out. I like this guy. When I get around him, I just I feel better. I get smarter just being around him. That anointing just spreads onto my life. The anointing is the empowering to set you apart, to live for the glory of God. I like this guy. You know where the empowers are. Those are the people you really need to connect to. Every man, every female in this room needs a mentor, a friend, and someone that they can mentor. You need three different types of people because it shows that you're actually living a life of purpose. And it's not just about you. You need someone that's pouring into you, someone that is congruent, and someone that's under you that you're, you're pouring into. And God wants to provide that for you this year. That third, per- that third people, uh, and then we'll go to number two. Uh, I call them the intoxicators. You know these people. They, they encourage you to do the wrong thing. You see them, and it's like, no, but I want to go in that direction because that looks so fun. No, I'm on a diet, but I'm going to eat those two Krispy Kreme donuts with you. No. So these are the intoxicators. We won't go too deep with that. Number two is the most dangerous, okay? Not the intoxicators. You know where these are and these are. Number two are the neutralizers, those that, those that neutralize you. These are the people that haven't changed in 10 years, and they're 15 years old. They've been doing the same thing things since they were five. Golly, wasn't you doing that when you was 20? Ain't you, ain't you 60? Yeah, I'm still thinking the same way, still talking about the same stuff. 
do the same thing every Friday, every Saturday. They're so predictable, but you ain't going nowhere. Same complaints, same hurts, same pains, same level. The neutralizers, you got to watch out for them, okay? God wants to provide you with relationships this year, opportunities, opportunities that are going to cause you to have to trust him. It's going to seem like it's over your head, but you're going to have to step out on faith and know that he's provided you the power, the wisdom, and the knowledge to fulfill your calling in that area. He's going to provide you with favor with man this year. Your bosses are going to finally like you this year. He's going to provide you with resource. I believe that. And vision. Some of us, the Bible says that for a lack of vision, my people perish. Some of us wake up and our, our reality is today is today. Tomorrow's tomorrow. Today is today. God wants to give you a long-term vision so you can have a target to shoot for. He's going to provide you with that. And number three, before we pray, is this okay so far? All right, let's clap, let's clap. We a little intermission. It's heavy, but it's good because we got three minutes left here. Then we're going to pray. Promise. He's going to dip his promise. He's going to fulfill his promise. Go ahead, Chris. We're good. Romans 8, 28 says this. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. That's one of the most powerful promises in all of Scripture. His promise. He's going to cause everything to work together for the good. And this all hinges upon Matthew 6, verse 33. The fulfillment of the promises of God in your life has a lot to do with position. Number one, where is Jesus in your heart and in your life? God said, put him above. Put him above. Put the kingdom, put the agenda of the kingdom. We, we were talking at team night last night. If you didn't make it to team night, we said a church that is not outward focused is not a church of Jesus Christ. Right. And it, we were dealing with our three eyes: invite, invest, and uh, involvement. Invite. Why? Because if you've been impacted by any local church, someone in your families, some of your friends, they need to know about these local churches. Right. Because if you find hope when you are hurting, when you lack community, they need it as well. So are you putting, as a Christian, for those of us in here that believe, are we not just putting Jesus above? That's easy. Are we putting his vision and his mission above? Luke 4 says that I will make you a fisher of people. Meaning that when you become a believer, one of the marks of a mature Christian is that you go and save people from their bondage, and you bring them into a place where they can experience liberty. That's the mark of a mature Christian. He says, have you put them above in your mind, in your heart, in your life? Is the person of Jesus, is the mission of Jesus first? And then, because the position is right, will you position yourself for the process? There's a process. Paul says in Philippians 3, that I forget the things that are behind me. 2016 is behind me. I forget those things. Paul was beaten. Paul was shipwrecked. Paul was starving. But he still had a call to a world that needed to know Jesus, okay? And so he said, I forget all those things, and I actually consider them as garbage. 
because my entire agenda is to get close to Christ. He is my prize. He is my exceeding great reward. And so I press towards the mark of the high calling. What was Paul saying? Paul was saying that because he has promised me something great, because he has promised me heaven, I'm going to enter this process. And I know it's a hard process. I know it's an enduring process, but I'm going to press into the Lord. I'm going to press into his love. I'm going to press into his calling, and I'm going to get this victory. I'm going to get this victory. Let's praise him because this year you're going to get every victory that God has for you. He's going to give you his promise. So if it doesn't look, look like it's working, Romans 8.28 says this. He's working. 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 Because the process leads to the promise. Everything you need this year. We're going to pray. Let's praise God. Quick power word. Go ahead. Clap it up. Let's praise him. Let's praise him. All right. Now, this is how we're going to do this. I want us to stand. We're going to stand. We're going to pray for a few minutes. I specifically want to pray, pray on these three points, and I'll elaborate on power, provision, and the promise of God. You know, we're, we're, all, so we're all intimate. I was going to invite you to come here, but we're, we actually moved up the seats today, and you can stay in your seats. If you want to join hands, lift your hands, bow your head, whatever you do, that's between you and the Lord. But create a space in your heart for God to move. I want to pray about power, provision, and promise for our nation, for our families, for our lives, for our finances. We're going to go into some extended prayer. They're going to worship behind me. Let's get into his presence. Let's bow our heads. Come on, Lord. <clears throat> Father, we, we love you. God, we thank you for your power. We thank you for your, for your provision. We thank you for your promise. God, right now, I pray that you would give strength unto each person in this room. Dunamai. Supernatural enabling. This is going to be the year where we need your power because we're going to tap out at times. We're going to max out. But Holy Spirit, I pray that you would pour out power in our hearts and in our lives, Jesus. God, we, some of us are weak. Some of us are vulnerable. Some of us are broken right now. We're leaking right now, God, and we need you to patch up the broken areas of our lives, God, and we need you to fill us with your power, Jesus. God, there's great calling in this room, God. Every one of us have been created for a purpose, for a reason, and in order to fulfill that calling as husbands, as wives, as single people, as believers, as leaders, as students, as sons, as daughters, we're going to need your dunamai, God. We're going to need your power this year, God. Lord Jesus, I pray that we would submit and pray for the powers that be in government. God, no matter who they are, your word declares that we ought to submit and pray for our leaders of this nation. God, we raise up President Donald Trump unto you, Jesus. As a church, that's what we do. No matter what we believe, no matter what we feel, God, we pray for our leadership. We pray that they would have your perspective, and we pray that they would know you, Jesus, and that they would make godly decisions. God, we pray that whatever decisions they're making outside of your provision, that they would repent and turn to you, Jesus. 
but we lift them up because leadership provides stability in our nation. And so as a church, God, we pray for the powers that you've set in place above us, God. We pray for their families, God. We pray for their prosperity, their health, Jesus. And God, we just ask that you would continue to give them the strength that they need, God. God, we need you. God, we pray for your provision this year. We need forgiveness. We need grace. We need your love. We need community. We need people in our lives that are going to build us up, that are going to encourage us, that are going to lift us up. God, we need these relationships that are going to reveal to us who we are in you, Jesus. God, we need these relationships. God, our kids, our children, they need relationships with other children who are being raised up in the counsel of the Lord. God, we need your word more than ever this year as the church, as a nation. God, we need your truth. God, we we need your promises, Jesus. We need your promptings. We need your leadings and your guiding. God, I pray that as people would dive into your word this year, that you would fill them with your perspective. God, I pray for more and greater revelation of who you are. The Bible declares that the spirit wants the deeper things of God, but the flesh wants nothing to do with God. God, I pray that we would press into your word this year. When our our flesh wants to go to bed, that we would open up our Bibles. We would read for an hour. We would read for a half hour, and that the provision of your word would be real, would be true and tangible in our lives, God. God, I'm praying for financial resource this year. God, I pray that you would give us a plan for budgeting, a plan for our tithe, God. I pray that we would see the overflow, God. I pray this year we would see the margin in our finances. God, I pray that we wouldn't worry about finances, but that we would know that you are our provider. You are Jehovah Jireh, the Lord God who provides Jesus. So as we put you above all, as we put you first, Jesus, we know that you're going to take care of us. We know that we don't have to miss a meal. We know that we don't have to miss a drink, but you're going to provide for us, Jesus. Come on, church. You got to praise God. You got to clap this up. Affirm this in your life. God, we pray that you will provide leadership. Leadership that's going to stretch us. Leadership that's going to challenge us. God, we're praying for leadership in the secular world as well as in the church. Everything falls, falls and rises on leadership, God. And we need people to pull the potential out of us. We need people that are going to get us out of our comfort zones. We need to fulfill our callings. God, so I'm praying that men would step up to lead in their homes, in their communities, in their churches, in their businesses. God, I'm praying that women would step up to lead. That, Lord, you would provide a platform for women to speak out, Jesus, that their voices would be heard, that they would push your kingdom forward, that they would raise their children up, Lord, in your counsel and in your presence within their home. Praise God for that. Come on, church. Hallelujah. God, I pray that even today you would begin to heal cancer. God, I pray that today you would begin to heal all sources of illness, Jesus. I pray that you would move in this place. I pray that for anything that we've been praying for, you would move. God, I plead the blood of Jesus Christ on the flu, on the common cold, on cancer. We rebuke it in the name of Jesus Christ, and we receive your healing. We receive your provision. We receive your power. Fill us up now, Jesus. Allow this to be a morning of testimony, that we would leave this place healed. God, I pray that you would heal our minds. I pray that you would heal the bitterness. I pray that you would heal the anger. God, I pray that you would bring your grace, bring your peace, bring your joy. God, we need you this year more than any time in our lives. Praise you, God. Praise you, God. 
Provide it, Jesus. Provide vision, Jesus. Provide vision for the teenagers. Provide it for the young adults, the 30s, the 40s, the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, the 80s. Give us vision, Lord. Give us burden, God. Give us passion, Lord, for people. Give us a passion for broken people. Give us a passion for the city, Jesus. Help us, help us become selfless in our service to you and to our devotion towards our neighbor. Give us a vision, God, a passion that's beyond a paycheck, a passion that's centered on building your kingdom, a passion for people. Vision. Provide it. And God, we pray for your promise. We pray for the promise of your presence this year, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me when I was 19. Thank you that you can never be too young or too old. God, we pray for the promise of your faithfulness in our lives. The promise of your salvation that when we die, we don't have to die without hope. But we know that when we've departed this, we've entered into your presence and we're home. God, we thank you for the salvation of our souls. We thank you for the promise of the salvation and the deliverance from the grip and the power and the residual impact of sin. God, I ask, Lord, that every promise would be fulfilled that you have for our lives. I pray that you would work all things together in this room. You're working even now. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's give them your best hand clap of praise. Praise God. Praise God. Uh, we're going to have child pray for me now. Praise God. Then we're going to enter into worship. Let's give Pastor a hand, guys, for his passion, God. So we just want to lift up Pastor in this moment right now. It says in the book of Hebrews that we should always support and come uh, and support our leaders. And we want to just have a, a time right now in, in this moment. So if you guys just want to lift your hands towards the stage, towards Pastor here, and let's get all in agreement. God, we thank you for this moment, Lord. We thank you for this intimate time with you, Father, on this, uh, on this Sunday that you have created, God. And uh, it's an honor, Lord, to be in your presence right now because Jesus has torn down that veil and we can be all here together, Lord. But God, we want to come in agreement saying we want to lift up our pastor to you, Lord. A mighty man of God, Father. Mighty warrior in your kingdom, Lord. And we just all come together today, Lord, and we just want to lift him up to you and we pray that you bless him, Father. Continue to speak wisdom and discernment into his mind, God. And I pray that you rise him up, Father, um, and continue in his health, Lord, in his, uh, his family's uh, uh, health as well too, Lord. I pray that you bless his hands, Father, Lord, and that you make Pastor Josh, God, uh, uh, the Martin Luther King of our generation, Lord, someone that will be able to uh, spread the name of Jesus into all generations to come, Father. And I just pray a heavy anointing uh, comes uh, upon him in this moment right now, God. God, I pray that you continue to clothe him with the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord. And I pray that you give him the courage and the strength, Lord, every single day to take up his cross, Lord, and to continue to press on, Lord. So, God, we just want to lift up our pastor to you again, Lord. We pray that you go with him every single day, Father. 
And we come against the spiritual enemies upon his life right now, Lord. You say in your word, no weapon formed against us will prosper. And every evil thing that rises up, we will condemn, Lord. So many strongholds attacking him or his family right now, Lord. We come in agreement by the power of the blood of the Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ to be gone in Jesus' name. God, we want to lift them up to you, God. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen.